Well, uh, we're going to study the book of in the book of Joshua. I think I handed an outline to everybody there. Um, Joshua chapter number eleven. This is uh, probably two part series or two part series, two part message here on conquering the north. Joshua has conquered the central part. He's conquered the southern part of of uh, Israel, and now he's to conquer the north. And uh, this is probably his greatest feat, his greatest opposition that Joshua will face. And uh, we're going to talk about the first part here, if you will, um, how, how God goes about this uh, con- helping to conquer the north uh, part of Israel. You know, it's amazing how God works because when those 12 spies went in to view the land... They came to the north, and they came to the south, and they seen these things, and there were ten spies that said, nope, we ain't doing it. And there were two spies that said, let's go get it. And Joshua was one of those spies. And God allowed him to see it all come to pass, but it didn't take five years. Do you know how long it took Joshua? From the time they viewed the land... Until the time they conquered Israel. Do you know how long it took them? Anybody know? Over 40 years. Can you imagine just in, in life, sometimes things don't work like as fast as we need them to, right? And so Joshua views the land. He sees the land. He sees where God wants him to conquer, but it takes 40 years to get there. That's a long time to wait. That's a long time to have patience. Don't you think? Patience is hard when you're waiting. When you're waiting on God to work. But there was Joshua. He was faithful to do what God wanted him to do. And because of his patience, I firmly believe, my personal opinion, because of his patience and because of his faithfulness, because of his obedience, God gave them the victory. But let's look, and you got your Bible, Joshua chapter number 11. Let's read the first four verses, and we'll talk about the foes or the enemies, if you will, that they face in the north, okay? And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard those things that he sent to jo- Jobab, king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, to the king of Ashphath, and to the kings that were on the north of the mountains and, the, and of the plains of the south of Chinnereth and in the valley and in the borders of Dor on the west and, and to the Canaanite on the east and on the west and the Amorite and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Jebusite in the mountain and to the Hivite under the Hermon in the land of Mizpah. And they went out. They and all their host with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude with horses and chariots, very many. Now, how many people does it take to be as the sand on the seashore for the multitude to be that big? That, I, I would say that you, there would be, have to be a lot of them. You're talking about all these kingdoms coming together. 
This is their enemy. This is the enemy that was coming against Israel. Israel, uh, if you would, probably was outnumbered with all of these coming together to face against Israel. Hmm. Uh, but what caused them to come together? Was you going to say something? Yes. You know, the, the innumerable on the side of the sea, is in that a phase where you came numbered? Uh-huh. Because uh, one, one reference is that uh, the Israel, you know, the, uh, the Israel would be, the, the people would be like the sand on the sea. Yes, and, sir. And you wouldn't be able to count them. Mm-hmm. So there, right there, is a, is a picture of that. And, and, and an innumerable amount of people. That is a lot of sand. You know, you take a handful of sand, and there's a lot of grains of sand in the, in the handful. Mm-hmm. That's a picture of a lot, a lot of people. A lot of people. And I know that Joshua had just come through a victory in Joshua 10 where he conquered the south, and that's what we talked about last week, but... But here these foes, these enemies, they gather everybody together. This was um, the largest group of people that Joshua would have to face. But when he would conquer this, he would conquer the north. Um, If you look at that verse number one, the Bible says, And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hezer, had heard. What did he hear? What did he hear? That's right. That's right. See, the foes started assembling or the enemy started assembling because of what they heard. Because they heard how Joshua won the south. They heard how Joshua beat Jericho. They heard how Joshua beat Ai. And they gathered them all together. Well, we're going to get everybody together. Just like those men, those five kings thought they might would in Gibeah. But these, here they come again, gathering all the troops together to go against Israel. Now, we have a foe. Who's our foe? The devil. The enemy. He is our, he is our enemy. He doesn't want to see us prosper. He doesn't want, to, look, he doesn't want our, our lives to prosper. He doesn't want our families to prosper. He doesn't want our churches to prosper. He doesn't. He wants to hurt us. He wants to destroy us. And so he's going to gather all the troops and all hell a sill against us. You know, that's the thing uh, that the Bible teaches us is that, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Isn't that what it says? And what is that? Satan throws everything at us. He's going to throw everything at our church. He's going to throw everything at our lives. He's going to throw everything. Uh, exactly. Exactly. He's going to throw everything at, at, our, at, our, at our families. Because if he can attack our families, if you look around today in America, one of the things that's hurting is families. The husbands and the wives and the children, and the, that's, that's what's missing, is because Satan has attacked the home. Because he knows that God ordained the home. Because if he can get mom and daddy fighting and mom and daddy on different pages and mom and daddy against each other, then he can hurt the children and he can take the children away from God. Man. And even, even uh, you know, uh, just everything 
Satan wants to, he attacks the home, he attacks the church. He's our foe. And look, Satan's not our friend. You know, and I know I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the core of the church. You know, he's not a, a someone we ought to give any place to. Bible talks and tells us not to give place to the devil. He teaches us that. But the devil, he wants to wreck and ruin. Absolutely does. Look, in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 1, Joshua chapter 9 and verse 1, and Joshua chapter 10 and verse 1. Do you know what they did? They heard. They heard about what happened with Joshua. It's not an uncommon thing when Satan begins to hear the work of God. He's going to attack the work of God. If he thinks that there's a work going on, he's going to he's going to sail against it. He's going to work against it. He's going, and not only that, but this world needs to hear about God. We need to make an impact enough where they can hear. They hear about it. Can you imagine the lost world hearing? Well, a man, oh man, can you you hear what's going on down there in uh, in uh, with Joshua? You hear what's going on down there? They were making such a big impact that even the world heard about the gospel. Amen. Any thoughts or questions? You know, you brought that up. It took Joshua for 40 years and everything. You know, they went to the wilderness 40 years. Uh, 40 years for Joshua just there. And 40 is a What it means? Huh? What it means? What it means and everything. I have this. I have this mm-hmm. house there now. But, but this, what passes for how long? Forty days. Well, Jesus fasted forty days and forty nights before he entered into yeah. the ministry. Moses was in the desert for forty years, 40 years. and and you know he was in the after he left Egypt, he was there for forty years and. Um, you know, I don't. I, I'd like to know what that number forty means. I'm not exactly for sure, but it rained for forty days and forty nights with the flood. Yeah. You think about how long he had to wait. Because sometimes God works, but not on our timetable. You know, he had to face opposition. He faced opposition when he came back with the spies. He faced opposition as a leader when Achan did his deal. He faced opposition against Satan because, you know, when I say Satan, against the, the, the enemy, the, the foes that he faced, Jericho and Ai and the kings of the five kings that he just faced. And now these kings, he faced opposition just because we have opposition doesn't mean that we're not doing what's right. Well, more than likely, we're doing what's right because we face opposition. Those that live godly, the Bible says, I know that I'm not quoting the verse 100% right, but he says, but those that live godly shall suffer persecution. You, you know, we will because you live a certain way. People, you know, they hear. They hear about it. All these kings that he, he got on their side... Man, oh man, look at all these kings. All these people, he went everywhere. He went everywhere to get people on his side. 
Just because there's a just because the majority is doing it doesn't mean that it's right either. And that's there was a method that did a lot of traveling everywhere to spread the news. Yeah. Can you imagine that work that took to get all those people together? It wasn't like they could send an email or a text message, you know, a phone call. There wasn't none of that going on. They had to ride the horse or ride the chariot down the way. That's right. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 11, verse 21, he says, Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Just because they're hand in hand, and just because they're against us, and just because the, the war is raging high, doesn't mean that they will not go unpunished. There may seem, it may seem at some times in our life that Satan is winning, and uh, he's got the upper hand, but there will come a day when he will be punished, and the righteous will prevail and the righteous will win. So yes, at Joshua's instance in this part, I mean, can you imagine all these groups of people coming from all over the place of Israel to attack you, and here you are standing your ground, and all these people are coming at you, uh, but you have to believe that God will prevail, and that God will win. And so, yes, it may seem that Satan is against us and Satan is winning, but we will prevail and Satan will lose. We just have to be faithful to do what God has called us to do. Number one, we look at the foes. Number two, we look at the base, if you will, the campsite that they made or the, uh, the, the camping that they did. Verse number five. The Bible says, and, and when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Memra, Merom, uh, and to fight against Israel. Look, Satan wanted to get an advantage. This team, uh, this army wanted to get an advantage on Israel. Satan wants an advantage on us. He wants to have the upper hand. Uh, just because it's, it's much, much to God. Now, much, let me see what I wrote here, and I can't even read it. Uh, just because we experience things, uh, sometimes we have to face tough obstacles in our life. Sometimes we have to. We have to face tough obstacles to get through them. Yes, it's a test of faith. It is a test of faith. I think it's a test of multiple things, but I think it's a test of faith. It's a test of our obedience. It's a test of our faithfulness. You know, let's let's see what happens when the rubber meets the road. Let's see what happens yeah. when you're faced with a tough obstacle. How are you going to stand? Uh, what they say, character is character is who you are when when no one uh, when the lights are off or when you're in the dark. When no one knows what you're doing, who are you? Right. You know? I mean, when I'm faced with a tough obstacle, um, and we are, we're faced with tough, tough obstacles all the time. How will I take this tough obstacle? Well, no one will know. No one will know your reaction. No one will know what you do. No one will know how you react. He knows. But he knows. But sometimes we, well, ain't nobody going to know about that. 
You know, who who are who are we? Who am I? Nothing can come against us without God permitting it. I agree. Nothing. Nothing. I agree. He knows every step that we take. Yes, sir. And and everything that we face, God can give us the strength to overcome and to go through. You know, I, I've heard preachers say, well, get over it. No, sometimes you need to get through it. Right, that's right. You know, you've had bad things happen in your life. You've had tough things happen yes, in your life. Yes. I just get over it. No, but we need to get through that. Right. Because those things that are in our way, we have to get through them. You're never going to forget those bad things that have taken place in your life. You're not going to forget them. You can't forget them. Because that's who we are. You can't forget them, but you have to get through them. And the only way that you can get through them is the Lord. The only way that we're going to get through tough obstacles in life is the Lord. Right. Joshua, here he's faced with, man, these men are parked down. They're parked down ready to go. I mean, it's a lot different warfare than what we face today. Mm -hmm. I mean, warfare is fought a lot different today than it was back then. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, we we got to tell the CNN and at, at Fox News where we're going before we can go. Right. Now, they didn't have to report to no news agency. They just went. You know, back then it was face to face. Yes. Today it's not that. Way. And it was hand to hand. Everything was hand to hand right. combat. It wasn't like they sent missiles and and air, aircraft carriers no, and no, submarines no. and you know they weren't sending none of that. It was hand to hand, right. sword to sword. Shield to shield, you know, axe to axe or whatever they were carrying, yeah. you know, they, up I close mean, and personal. up close and personal, man, but God has a way of, of doing this, so here, can you imagine what you're faced with, what's your reaction, what would your reaction be, here you are, you're Joshua, you've been faced with this Again and again, but here they are, and here comes the north, and they've mounted against you. What's your reaction? I believe there was more this time than there was ever been before. Yes. From what I understand to have because read. The, the, the comment here made, like the, the sand of the sea, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was more against him here than that was ever before. Yes. Mm -hmm. From what I from what I've gathered from the study that I that I did is that he had never faced this amount before. And so it was the biggest it was the biggest conqueror or the biggest battle he would face in his life. But he knew who the commander was. That's right. And when we're faced with the deepest and the darkest situation and we're faced against the biggest fight we've ever been in, who can we depend on? Joshua immediately goes to God. Because read verse number 6. What does it say? And the Lord said unto Joshua. Come on. Be not afraid. That's right. So he gives him. He, he gives him. By this time I will deliver him. And that's not the first time that he's told That's him. right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So Joshua was about to fight a battle by himself. That's right. That's right. And and when we're when we're faced with this battle, and we're faced against the deepest and the darkest and the biggest battle we've ever faced, 
We have to go back and say, no, no, no. I need your strength. I need your help. I need, I need that to face that big battle, to face that, that deepest, darkest, whatever it is that I'm facing against Satan. Because as we, you know, talk to greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. He, Satan has no power over Christ. None. God has all the power. And God can still win. And so with that, God gives him some encouragement and some inspiration, if you will. Man, hey, look, they're, bad. they're, they're on the verge of attacking you. But look, Brother, brother, uh, brother Blanky read that. And the Lord said to Joshua, number one, he gives him a promise. <coughs> he gives him a promise to be not afraid because of them for tomorrow about this time I will deliver them up how many slain all of them slain yeah. so the promise to Joshua is just hold on bud hold on help is on the way right. tomorrow at this time they will all be slain Come on. That's right. And so, sir? And he was. So sometimes we need to go to God and allow him to take care of our problem. Because help is on the way. Help is just right around the corner if we stop what we're doing and ask him to help us. And go to God rather than just rushing in. Sometimes I've found that if we just rush in, we get ourselves into trouble we don't need to have. But if you'll notice a couple of different things here with this verse, he says to Joshua, he says, don't be afraid. He said, for tomorrow, I'm going to deliver you. So he kind of gives him two different things to do. He tells him not to be afraid. Hey, you see all those men standing in front of you? You see that army coming? Don't be afraid. Boy, that would be a feat. Hmm? Hey, you see that storm coming? You see that enemy against you? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then the, the second thing he tells him to do, he said, Thou shalt hoe their horses and burn their chariots with fire. From what I understand that word to mean is that they were to go by and to cut the back of the leg of the horse. Hamstring. Mm-hmm. The hamstring. And so they could not move. That would make the horses immovable, and then they'd light the chariots on fire. God told him to do those two things. If you do those two things, the promise is tomorrow, help is on the way. So with that promise, he did give him something to do. He gave him a precept. Sometimes trusting in God... God gives us something we need to do. But let me ask you this. Why get rid of the horses and chariots? So they couldn't run away? There's not a wrong answer. You know, the, the, the thought I had when concerning this is that God wanted them to get rid of the horses and the chariots. Um, I'll read a verse to you in, in Psalms chapter 20, verse number, number 
20, verse number 7, he says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. See, sometimes in our life we will trust in our ability and trust in our might and trust in the chariot and trust in the horses. And God said, get rid of them. Trust in me. I'm not saying that's exactly why God said to do that. But it makes you wonder if not God told him to do that so that they would trust in God and not the chariot. And God and not the horse. Don't worry about that. You trust in me. In our life, are there things that we need to say? It's not about Trenton. Obedience is the word. It's not my ability, Brother Eddie. I know. Obedience. That's right. Obedience, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice. That's right. We got Saul in trouble. That's right. What is it that sometimes in our life that that we don't trust God because we have there's obstacles in the way? Hmm. Yeah. Get rid of them. Right. And trust me only. Right. Hebrews uh, let us lay aside every weight. Is that Hebrews 12? Let us lay aside every weight that does so easily beset us. Sometimes those weights that beset us, maybe it's the chariot, maybe it's the horse that's in our way that causes us to, to truly please God like we ought to. Because we're trusting in that weight. We're trusting in that whatever it is rather than trusting in the ability of God to take us through. Now God wins the victory. If you'll read the rest of that chapter, we will. But God wins the victory. Oh, yeah. Because of his faith in God, because he did, he cut the hamstring and the and um, burnt the chariots. And, but how important is it for us to do what God wants us to do? Well, what he says. Yeah. Mine is patience. I want to do it now. Well, I'll do it now. Yeah. If you don't do it, I'll do it. No, sir. Get rid of that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're trusting in items. We're trusting in things rather than God. Trust in yourself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think that's a big obstacle for Trenton. It's not Trenton. God. Oh, I can't do anything. It's all God. Amen. Any other thoughts or questions? Good. Amen. Amen. It's all the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for letting us 